Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this online service. We are talking about loving our neighbor. That includes loving our enemies. And also loving our neighbors will also involve resolving conflicts. We know that uh, relationship is everything. It determines our fulfillment, our happiness. And it also has everything to do with our relationship with God. Because uh, when we are able to love our neighbor, that means we fulfill all the commandments of God. So we treasure relationship. And the golden rules of relationship tells us that we are to do to others as we would others to do to us. But despite of all that uh, we talk about loving our neighbors, there will be conflicts in relationship. And how do we manage conflicts? How do we deal with conflicts that bounce to happen in our relationship with one another? Uh, so, the book of Matthew 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called children of God. So as children of God, as members of the church, of the body, you know, we experience conflicts with one another for many reasons. You know, it could be a background, cultural issue, it could be personality uh, and, and, and different ways of doing things. And, and, and there are 101 reasons where we could be in conflicts. But how do we behave in the midst of conflicts determines whether we show forth that we are the children of God. Because if we are the children of God, we will be peacemaker. We will want to be uh, peacemaking rather than insisting on our own ways and, and thinking and create conflicts, create division, create rebellions. You know, these this are not uh, what what the Word of God or, or what God wants us. He wants us to be children of God because we are peacemaker. The Lord Jesus is a Prince of Peace. He came to this world to bring peace in a broken world, in a broken relationship, to restore all this kind of uh, uh, brokenness and, and destruction as a result of relationship with God, with one another, with men. And uh, so we are commanded, exhorted to be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemaker. So when we do that, when we bring peace, we are blessed. We are uh, happy. We, we, we live in God's love. So, as children of God, facing the conflict, we intentionally bring about peace and restoration and healing to those relationships. 
How do we do that? Matthew 18, verse 15 to 17, it says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three. And then the, the Bible says that if they do not listen, bring it before the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as if they are Gentiles, they are tax collector. So these are the instructions of Jesus when we face with conflicts with our neighbor. With here, it specifically talks about our brother and or sister, the church, the family of God. Yes, there will be conflicts in church. There will be conflicts between uh, Christians, leaders. There will be conflicts. But the Bible says, when you face with conflicts, go and point out the faults of your brother. Go and talk to them. Right? Do not prolong the conflicts. Do not allow the conflicts to, to uh, brew in our midst and create a worse problem than the original uh, uh, fault. So go to the person and do not Spread. Do not allow this conflicts, this this problem to to spread to others by talking to others. You know, a lot of people they this is what they do. They don't want to deal with the problem. They don't want to talk to the person concerned. But they go around and begins to spread lies and begins to talk bad about a person, even if what they say is true. We have no right to. Just talk behind the person without going to uh, point out the faults to the person. So if we do, we are just gossiping. We are just slandering the person because we are not there to resolve the problem. We just want others to, to stand on our side, to support us, to, to feel sorry for us. And all these are very unbecoming of a Christian, of a child of God. So, solve the problem with the person uh, concerned. Do not fear about a fallout. You know, when we are talking to real brothers, real sisters, there will not be a fallout. It's just like in the family. How many, how, how many times you could have been offended by your brother, by your sister, in, the, in your uh, growing up years. But you always resolve it. It's always over because they are your brother. They are your sister, right? Even though they offended you. So in church, among brothers and sisters, the Bible distinctly say, you know, when your brother or your sister sin, yes, they are wrong but you are to go to them and to resolve the problem. And then we recognize that 
there are times we cannot resolve the problem ourselves. And that's why we need peacemakers to come alongside. And we are called to be a peacemaker because we are a child of God. Yeah, we, we, we begin to deal with facts. The Bible says you bring one or two witnesses. We have to come past the emotion of hurts, uh, you know, the offense uh, that we feel. To go and look at the things, factually, what exactly happened so that we can resolve the problem. So we bring along people who have seen, who know about this situation and have them to come in to be witnesses, to be peacemaker in the process by, by unraveling what is the truth so that we can solve the problem. And uh, so we, we must be peace-loving uh, peace people right from the start. When there is a conflict, we are thinking about peace, we are thinking about restoration, we are thinking about unity because we are a child of God. We are of a same family. And so, whoever is involved in this whole process, there's only one goal. Bring about peace. Bring about restoration. Bring about healing. So we, we go through the facts. That means we are willing to listen. We are willing to examine what happened and not allow our emotion to overtake us. Because our goal is to solve the problem. Our goal is to restore the relationship. Our goal is to bring about peace in the church, in our relationship with one another, in the cell group. So when this still cannot, this process still cannot resolve the problem, the Bible says you go before the elders. So God recognized the Bible recognizes that there are authority in the family. We must recognize that there are elders, there are pastors, there are leaders that is over us. And we have to honor those authority, we have to respect those authority, the structure that God has set up. But unfortunately, some people talk as if We are on a level ground. In fact, one guy told me that. We are not on a level ground the way you talk. No, we are not. I'm the father. I'm the leader. And I don't talk the way you do. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, so we have to bring the things before the elders. That means we recognize the structure. We submit to that kind of authority. Let's read verse 17 again. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, uh, to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So as far as Jesus is concerned dealing with relational conflicts, he doesn't allow this kind of situation to never end and to just you know, just uh, 
uh, simulate in, in, our, in our midst until one day it exploded. You know, a lot of people in church, they, they don't want us to deal with problems because it, we have to, to solve the problem. They don't want us to solve it. They just want us to hang on and let things be and allow those people to come to their decision whenever they want, you know. But this is not what the Bible says because you're allowing the enemies to work in the meantime. Jesus is very decisive. You know, this is how you solve it. And if you couldn't solve it, this is how you deal with them and get the problem settled. And so it's not easy sometimes as pastors because there are different ones involved. There are parents involved. There are children involved. And sometimes just for the sake of those who are associated with them, we, we tend to show mercy. We tend to be so indecisive but that's not according to scripture i must say that's just human that's just you know not solving the problem and allowing the enemies to to do a, a, a greater work i have i have parents complain to me oh because of what happened last time this is how you deal with my children because i decided to deal with some problem and not allow it to just drag on you know, so people don't like it, but they don't read the scripture. They don't know. They don't want to know what the scripture say. It's only their own relational feeling, but that create problems in church. So, uh, wow! Look at what Jesus said. If they don't listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. In other words, you have no relationship with them. You know, they are, they are un, as far as we are concerned, they are unbeliever, pagans, because they don't believe God, they don't honor God, they don't love God. Even though they say they do, even though they, you know, they still, you know, do the Christian thing. But as far as the scripture is concerned, you treat them like a pagan. Well, this is what Jesus said. And uh, a tax collector. Sinners, you know, people who, who are so disdained by, by, by people because of what they do. So how this is a process that God wants us to do to bring about peace, to bring about restoration in relational conflicts. But how? What, what do we need? What does it take to be a peacemaker? You can understand this is not easy, isn't it? And, and it's not pleasant. Many times we don't want to do it. And personally, I don't like conflicts. You know, I can many times allow things to just, just drag on and just endure rather than be decisive as Jesus would have would have me to do, or, or as the scripture would have us to do. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, many times that's not the best. And as a result, we, we allow things to, to get worse rather than be very decisive. So what does it take to be a peacemaker, the characteristic 
of a peacemaker. For a start, you have to listen to a lot of things. You have to be very patient in listening to you know, the stories. And it's important that we, we allow people to express themselves in a, in a reasonable way. And uh, because we want to deal with the problem. But we will stop people who talk, continue to talk nonsense because they refuse to, to listen. They refuse to solve problems. They just want to uh, have their own way. This kind of conversation, we, we just say enough is enough. But for those who genuinely want to resolve problems, they will want to know the truth. And so we allow them to share. We allow them to, you know, to, to pour out. And it does take a lot of patience. And, it, you know, many times it's so tired listening to and dealing with all these kind of problems. So look at the book of James 3, verse 17 to 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Uh, uh, for yeah, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So, to solve this relational conflict it is not human wisdom. I know there are people who are just filled with human kind of kindness, goodness. But if you walk in the Word of God, there are times you have to do things which doesn't seem uh, appealing to our human wisdom. Can you imagine what we just read earlier on? If people who refuse to listen treat them as pagan and tax collector. You know, these are not human wisdom, right? When we do that, we come under a lot of criticism. How can I do that? You know, there's no... But this is the Word of God. We need heavenly wisdom. That's why the Scriptures say, wisdom from heaven. How does it, it looks like to have wisdom from heaven? It says, first of all, it is pure. It is pure. So the motive, you know, when we deal with problems, when the motive of the people concerned, if it's not right, if they are filled with self, there's no way you can solve the problem. So the wisdom that comes from heaven, first of all, it is pure. The motive is pure. What we desire is God's way. What we desire is for the good of the kingdom. So Christ is the center of our heart and of our the, the, the motivation of our life. It is pure, not selfish, not self-centered, not wanting to prove we are right. You know, we are good, we are better, and, and, and others are wrong. You know, these are, these are impure motive that has come into our hearts. And that's why you can't solve problems when people... Do not have the pure heart. But when you have that pure heart, your intention is to 
get to the truth so that you can, whether you're wrong, you're right. If you're wrong, you can rectify it so that you can continue to grow, continue to move on. But a person whose who's, uh, motive is not pure, they are not peace-loving. They are here to fight. They are here to prove that they are right. You know, that kind of spirit. But a peace-loving, uh, secondly, ha- uh, wisdom from heaven is peace-loving. We just want peace. We, we see the big picture. You know, we want to preserve peace and to, to, to live in harmony so that the church of Jesus Christ will continue to grow and continue to be strong. So what we think is not just for sale. And we, we just think what is good for them, good for us, you know, win-win. And we are prepared to, to compromise. We, are, we have a gentle spirit. We have a spirit of humility. You know, in order to have peace, peace always comes at a cost. And peace very often comes after war. So in the midst of all this thing, when the, the, the war is on, we've got to face it. But with what kind of attitude? Not the spirit of this world. Not wanting to win, no. But rather wanting God's plan, God's purpose, God's will to be done. That's all we desire. And so there are times, yes, we have to carry the cross. We have to suffer that loss, personal loss. We have to suffer maybe humiliation, just like the Lord Jesus. Right? We have to, there is a cost in order to have peace. But the one with the wrong motive, they will want to win at all costs. It doesn't matter what kind of destruction, you know, they bring to the fellowship, to the church. They don't care. All that it matters is they win. They are right. And that's why with that kind of impure motive, you can't solve problems. But the one with pure motive, they are peace-loving. They have heavenly wisdom. They, they have the mind and heart of God. Right? They are peace-loving. And then it goes on to say they are considerate. Considerate. They think about the good of others. They are not just self-centered and, and, and so that they are so proud, so stubborn uh, because they, they just think about themselves, right? Wanting to win. And then the fourth thing, if we have heavenly wisdom, we are submissive. Submissive, as we mentioned earlier, we recognize that there are order, there are authority, there are those who are more mature. Right? The immature, the, the, the self-centered, they think they are right. But when we are mature, we recognize authority, we recognize elders, we recognize people with more experience, with better understanding, who know better. But those who are not submissive, they think they are better than anyone else. They know better, right? So they do not honor God because God is the one who set up authority in church. And God has set them up to govern His church, to rule, to help us, to lead us. 
And we've got to recognize the authority that God has placed over us. And we know, we learn to submit, be submissive. Yes, it comes against what I'm thinking. But I learn to submit because I recognize the authority. I recognize God's authority in those people. Whether you like it or not, you have to accept it. You know how many of our children, when they are growing up, they don't like what we tell them to do? Yes, we are father or mother, we have authority, but they don't like it. But whether they like it or not, they have to recognize that we are the authority over their life. They better learn to submit. But of course today, some parents, they don't know their authority. You know, they think that everyone is the same. Yes, but they are authority as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Otherwise, you have rebellious children. Rebellious. When they can rebel against you, that means they rebel against God. Even though they say they are God, well, Christian or love God, serve God, forget it. Because God has set up authority. When we rebel against the authority that God has set over us, we are rebelling against God. So those who are submissive, they are willing to come under authority. They are willing for elders or leaders to come in and intervene and, and, and resolve the problem and bring about peace and reconciliation. And a peacemaker, we are submissive. There are different layers of authority. We are submissive to those who are over us. And then, the next thing, full of mercy and good fruits. A peacemaker is full of mercy and good fruits. So we are not accuser. We in fact, wants to help the weaker one, those who are at fault, to lift them up so that they can be restored, so that there will be peace, so that there will be a new beginning. This is what we desire to see. And we're not here to condemn, even though they may be at fault. And this is our desire. But it doesn't mean that, you know, we... Just overlook everything and, and say it doesn't matter. No. We still know what's right and what's wrong. But our heart's desire is not to judge and condemn. But when people who are rebellious, of course we have to make a stand. As we have read earlier on from what Jesus' instruction is. You know, when they really do not submit to authority. We have to treat them as pagan, as a, a tax collector. So we are full of mercy and good fruits. In others, we try and we maintain that, that gentleness, that humility, uh, that compassion, love when we, when we talk to this, uh, deal with this problem. And so 
when we are full of mercy, we will harvest the fruits of righteousness. We're, we're going to talk about that later on. The opposite of being full of mercy is being self-righteous. We think we are right. You know, self-righteous. Okay, the next quality of heavenly wisdom is impartial and sincere. Impartial and sin sincere. So impartial, we, 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 we're able to stand on the truth. There are people who can't tell the truth. They only stand by those who love them, uh, uh, those whom they love. It's relational. They don't, they don't care about what is truth. And that's why it's important when we want to be peacemaker, we got to be impartial. We stand on the side of truth. And the truth, nothing but the truth. Regardless of what relationship this different one has with us. You know, when we are the peacemaker. And sincere, sincere, that means we really want to solve the problem. We are teachable. We are humble. We want to bring about what is good, sincere. But there are people who, who talk as if they love God and, and they serve God. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So let's be warned. We can, be, can say the right thing with the wrong spirit, and there's no way we can solve problems. So when we understand that there will be conflicts, and we got to face it and not, Pretend it's not there, not allow uh, things to drag on, but rather resolve it at the first possible moment. Do you talk to the person involved? And we may need help. We may need peacemaker to come in. Others to, to, to establish the truth. In other words, to resolve conflicts, you do need to establish the truth. It's not brushing things away, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, no, it's not a superficial kind of uh, resolving problem, but yes, you may need to establish the truth, but there are times even then that may not be so, so clear. Then we have to bring, the attitude is important, the heart is important, you know, and Jesus advocate to deal with the problem until the end. Bring it before the church. You know, you bring it before authority. And whether the person like it or not, they have to recognize authority. They have to submit to authority because that's how we can have order. That's how we can have peace. And uh, God has set up authority. We need to uh, submit ourselves. So, we must have a pure motive. 
coming into solving problem. And if there is no pure heart, it is virtually impossible to solve the problem. What is a pure heart? We desire God's way. We desire uh, to know the truth. And we are willing to humble ourselves. And so we, we enter into this kind of solving problem with this in mind. We are one. We are one body. We want peace. You know, this is all we want. Nothing to do with personal, you know, whether I win, I lose, or I, I lose face or whatever. No, nothing, nothing to do with personal. What we want is God, God's way, God's truth uh, in our life. So, James 3, verse 18 says, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So because we our heart, we have a peacemaking heart, we are able to uh, resolve problem and rip a harvest of righteousness. Otherwise, Satan will come in, take advantage of that situation, and work in the flesh, work in the self, and begins to create a worse problem, division, destruction, in the church of Jesus Christ. And then Ephesians 2, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 25, he said, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body so we desire truth we speak truth you know because there is a pure heart we recognize that we are all members of one body so that is a starting point to resolve conflicts we come with the mind that we are families. We are one together. We are in the love of God. You know, we want God's way. So, so we come with this kind of mindset. Not self, not selfishness, not pride. And we just want to see the best come out of this situation. We want to reap a harvest of righteousness. So, because we come with the right attitude, there will be a spirit of repentance, forgiveness, because we want peace, right? We want restoration of our relationship. Romans 2, verse 4 and 5, Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when His righteous judgment will be revealed. So, when we come with the right attitude, the peace-loving attitude into relational conflicts. When there is wrong, there will be repentance. There will be restoration. There will be healing. But when we harden our hearts, we will create problems. We will create destruction. But remember, God will judge. At the end of the day, God will judge you 
for creating this problem. So I hope tonight uh, we will learn how to resolve conflicts in church. Indeed, there will be conflicts among ourselves. And uh, we need to have a pure heart before God that all we desire is you, God. You know, your kingdom, your purpose. That's all we desire. So when we enter into this process of resolving conflicts, we have the right attitude. We have that spirit of humility. In fact, probably when uh, knowing what, how, how things will develop, if people come with wrong attitude and wrong spirit, perhaps we, just, we should just stop it. Because there will be no solution. We'll just say, okay, wait till you're ready to resolve problem. You know, so we, maybe we shouldn't be wasting a lot of time. And, and you know, there is this war. And people are prepared to do anything just to win. And in those situations, we cut them off. And, 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 and not pursue it. So, so, but God's heart is peace-loving. God's heart is restoration. And He wants His children to be peacemaker. And so let us remember this. Whenever we have this kind of similar situation, conflicts, we always remember we've got to be peacemaker. We've got to be peace-loving. And we care for the good of the other person and the church and not allow self and our emotion to control us, to destroy the church that we are in. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you are teaching us how to love our neighbors, how to love our enemies, how to love those who are in conflicts with us. And this evening, we learn how to resolve those conflicts. And Father, we pray for ourselves that we will, whenever there is a conflict, we will look into our own hearts and cleanse our hearts so that it will be pure, so that all we want is your will, is your truth, is your name to be glorified so that we can manifest ourselves to be the sons and daughters of the living God. Bless your people, I pray. May those words abide in us and help us to work through all the situation that we are confronted with. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.